Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up? It's Keyshawn back again with another Undisputed Extra. Let's get right into the sights and sounds of the football world, starting with my man Devontae Adams. The Raiders don't owe it to Devontae Adams to trade him because, like you said, and like we know, it's a business. It's a business. Yeah, okay. On a contract. He's on a contract. Shady, I vividly remember, Joy, I vividly remember when I was committing to college, a decision that I made, like Devontae Adams making a decision to go to Las Vegas. My head coach, Hall of Fame head coach, he said, hey, remember, you're committing to the school. You're not committing to me. Mm. So it was very sobering. It was very sobering. He said, you're committing to the school. You're not committing to me. I was like, but coach, I don't really know the school. Yeah. I don't know the 48. You came and sat in my house. Mm. <laughs> I know you. Yeah. Mm. But he said, hey, I'm getting ahead of this. You are committing to the school, the Las Vegas Raiders. You're not committing to me, to Derek Carr. The name on the back of the jersey, it will forever change. Forever. Mm -hmm. The logo on the helmet, it stays the same. Well, this is interesting what Alcho said, it, I could agree with him to some degree and I could disagree with him to some degree. And I take it from this premise. When I think about Devontae Adams going from Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers to Derek Carr in the Las Vegas Raiders, you figured it was a match made in heaven. He has his former college quarterback. They're going to cook together for a number of years. And so did he. That's what he thought. But then on the flip side of things, I say to myself, okay, if they're going to hit the reset button and fire Josh McDaniels and you got a star player in Devontae Adams, you should allow him to get his best years and chase some Super Bowl ring somewhere else because you just hit the reset button. You got a bad quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you're going to a backup quarterback. So now you are taking his career and playing games with it by hitting the reset button, by getting rid of his quarterback, going to Jimmy G, paying Jimmy G a bunch of money to do nothing. You're not utilizing him. So why not, when his trade value is so high, if you could move him, you have an opportunity to move him. You get value back. You build your team the way that you envision it to be, and you just move on from him. Now, I can clearly understand, hey, okay, he just got there. I understand what Acho is saying about you're committed to something. This is, no, that's not, that's not true because college coaches are not committed to the student-athlete. They leave all the time when other jobs come up that's better. Coaches in the NFL, they leave. Front office people, they leave all the time when better job situations come up. So he shouldn't be stuck in Las Vegas in the desert not winning football games. Keyshawn, can you dive into your situation on getting traded from the Jets to the Bucks? How should Devontae handle this type of situation? Devontae should handle it next year 
simple, just like I did behind closed doors. We didn't uh, we didn't let it out. We simply asked for a trade when they made a decision that they wasn't going to set a precedent, the New York Jets, in addressing my contract issue with two years left. So we just went to Coach Parcells at the time who was running the team, and he was leaving, and we went and said, hey, I want to be traded because clearly y'all don't want to pay me my money. Just give us permission to seek a trade. They gave us permission to seek the trade, and we did it quietly. And I think Devontae can handle it the same way, especially if Antonio Pierce is not retained as the head coach and they get off to a good start under him, and then all of a sudden Mark Davis and the Raiders make a decision to go hire somebody else. Why would you want to be put in that situation of restarting all over again? So you just quietly say, hey, I want to be moved. I don't want to be here. All right, let's stick with some trade talk. Keyshawn, as a former player, how demoralizing is it for teams to watch Chase Young get traded to an already dominant 49ers defense? Well, I don't think it's it's many teams. I think it's the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are afraid of the San Francisco 49ers. You mentioned Chase Young, but two weeks earlier, they acquired Randy Gregory from the Denver Broncos. So the one team in all of the teams in the NFC Conference is the Dallas Cowboys. They're probably shaking in their boots because they just got stronger on the defensive line with a rotation that Steve Wilkes and the 49ers can utilize moving forward. Now, remember, this is a pass-happy league. And when you look at where the Niners want to go, they want to go to the Super Bowl. They want to win the Super Bowl. So what that what does that mean? I wish Skip and Michael Irvin was here because I could explain to them. What it means is you're going up against potentially Josh Allen, potentially Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tua. All of those quarterbacks spit the ball out pretty well. So you have to get them on the ground. And the only way you can get them on the ground is by getting some defense alignment, some pass rushers that can certainly go and do that. Picking up Gregory, putting him with Hargraves, putting him with Bosa, Armstead, and now all of a sudden Chase, oh my goodness, that defense line rotation is going to be insane. Let's move on to Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Take a listen to what Gronk had to say. What is it about McDaniels that makes it hard for him to have success as a head coach? I would say, well, first off, unbelievable offensive coordinator. Knows his football inside and out. Knows his offensive scheme inside and out. There is no doubt about that, but that does not mean it's going to translate into being a great head coach. And I would just say this, that sometimes once in a while I saw it, that he kind of rubs guys with his style and his demeanor the wrong way. And that might have carried into being a head coach at both situations with the Broncos and now with the Raiders. So just the demeanor that he has might not be working as a head coach. Well, Gronk is right. Certain guys change when they become a different level. When they're quality control and then they become a position coach, they're different. And then a position coach, they become a coordinator, they become different. Coordinators move to head coaches. They don't even pick up the phone for certain guys that they picked up the phone for when they were quality control. So everything changes. And I can certainly see that Josh McDaniels didn't learn from his first tenure with the Denver Broncos on how to handle the athlete. You have to talk to people a certain way. It's all about the message that you're delivering. If you're looking at them in their eyes and you're being very genuine, we as athletes, we know when you're full of it. We know when you're full of shit. We honestly do. 
But if you're genuine and, and, and you are real, we will run through a wall for you. But the slightest little, little bit of problems that we see and you being phony and kind of acting weird, we also see that. And at that point in time, we will shut down on you. And not only we, the rest of the team will shut down on you because your message isn't getting to them. You're stale at what you do. And it, it's great to hide behind Tom Brady for all those years and the, the truth gets unveiled when you don't have a Tom Brady or you don't have a top-notch quarterback. And now all of a sudden, you have to create things on your own. You have to put the staff together. So funny, I looked at the Raiders staff based on Antonio Pierce getting the job. And I looked at the, 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 the staff. I wanted to see what the coaching staff was like. It was so many dudes off New England's coaching staff that was at the bottom of the barrel in New England that was all of a sudden raised to the top with the Raiders. They became position coaches. And, they, and I'm looking, I'm like, where were they at last year? Oh, they were New England. Oh, New England, New England. And I'm like, well, he ain't going to never win doing that. You can't bring your friends. You, bringing your friends is going to always get you fired. Keyshawn, you mentioned players shutting down. As a former player, how does a midseason firing affect your team's locker room? You know, I've never, I've never had a coach necessarily fired in the midseason. The coach that I did have fired that, that I played for early in my career was Richie Kotite. I knew in week two that he was going to be fired. That wasn't even, I mean, I, I saw that coming a mile away. And then Coach Tony Dungy got fired after the loss to Philadelphia in the playoffs. So I've never really been a part of a team that had coaches fired in the middle of the year. But I've been a part of teams that coaches were fired. And outside of that, all I could do is say we were not happy that Tony got fired, but we was happy as hell that Richie Kotai got fired. Moving on to the Cardinals trading QB Joshua Dobbs to the Vikings. Here's what Colin J-Max said on the herd. So they made the move. We thought Minnesota's take is in the NFC. Green Bay's done. We just beat them in Lambeau. Chicago's going nowhere. We're not as good as Detroit, but we think we can be feisty so they get a very smart, well-traveled veteran, Josh Dobbs, really a brilliant kid. Let's be real, though. I understand, hey, let's get to the playoffs. Let's get Josh Dobbs. But, like, big picture, what does that do for your team? Well, yeah, but my, my takeaway is I agree with Minnesota here. So you can say Tankaruni. There's nine to ten teams that need a quarterback. There's no guarantees you're going to get one. Well, Colin's right. There's no guarantees you're going to get a quarterback, and there's no guarantees when you go to break them down once your regular season is over that you're going to even like any other quarterback. So, you know, get Joshua Dobbs, you, you have to try to win football games. You're not going to just all of a sudden roll a receiver out to play quarterback and tank, so to speak. But tanking in the National Football League does not work because players want to play. Coaches want to get W's despite what the roster looks like because in the end, it's all about what your winning record percentage is for the head coach to get the next job. If all of a sudden you decide that you're going to reach for one of these young quarterbacks and that quarterback doesn't turn out, you'll get fired. So the best thing to do is try to just win games the best way you can. And if acquiring a Joshua Dobbs helps you do that, and also you have a backup quarterback on your roster for the future, when you decide to get your franchise quarterback, it all fits in a perfect situation. Too many times people think 
that these executives and these head coaches are watching college football games right now and evaluating the talent. That process does not start until the season is over in the National Football League. Yes, they scout. They have advanced scouting. Yes, they have a general manager that looks at tape. But the decision is not made on a guy for a long, long time. Keyshawn, you were an elite wide receiver. What must Justin Jefferson do to get on the same page with Joshua Dobbs in the middle of the season? Well, if I'm if I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm probably not all that encouraged about coming back uh, from injury to join the Minnesota Vikings when I know we're not going anywhere and I still have contract issues that needs to be resolved. So I'm not overly excited about it. I'm going to do it because it's my teammates and I like to play football. But at the same time, I want to have some conversations about my contract issues. Speaking of contracts, Justin Jefferson is coming off of IR in his contract year. Would you question it even coming back at all? I would question coming back at all right now. If I'm injured and we're not going anywhere and my contract is unsettling, then, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to certainly have a heart-to-heart and a real conversation with the Minnesota Vikings in the front office and let them know we might want to try to get this done because I'm not all that comfortable coming back off an injury and I ain't, I ain't got my money. No, it's probably, we don't have a conversation. That conversation has to have be had, for sure. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, let's head into some NFL and CFB matchups. First up is the Dallas Cowboys versus the Eagles. The Cowboys head to Philadelphia on Sunday in their first meeting of the season with the Eagles. Who do you have winning this divisional matchup? I have the Philadelphia Eagles winning the divisional matchup. What the score will be, I don't know. I think they win by at least nine points, I would give them. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys have had some success here recently against the Chargers and the Rams, but it's not the Philadelphia Eagles. You're going on the road in a hostile environment, despite the success that your quarterback has had in the past against Eagle teams at uh, in Philadelphia. This is a totally different team. I know a lot of people are looking at Jalen Hurts and saying, oh, he may be injured, their running game is struggling, but they got a bad dude on the outside in A.J. Brown. You've got to figure out how to negate him from getting going. If the Cowboys can figure out how to slow him down in early, then they may have a, you know, they may have a fighter's chance of getting out of there with a W. But I do believe the Eagles walk away with a victory. Up next, we got the Bills versus the Bengals with Joe Burrow looking 100% healthy. Do you think they can beat the Bills? I do. I do believe that they're going to beat the Bills. I believe that Cincinnati is starting to hit their stride. The receivers are starting to catch the football and hold on to it. Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again. He doesn't look like the guy in week one and two with the calf injury. So, yeah, Buffalo is... Is Buffalo likes to lose a game and then go on a nice little run. We just saw that earlier in the year. We're seeing it now. But this is a different team in Cincinnati. Remember, Cincinnati went to Buffalo a couple years ago and took care of business during the play. It went up to Buffalo to take care of business. So Joe Burrow and company, they're not afraid of Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, 
this is a different defensive team than it was the last time they saw each other. So I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to the game, but I'm also looking at uh, Cincinnati winning the game. I got an international matchup for you. The Chiefs and Dolphins square off in Frankfurt, Germany. Keyshawn, which team will be affected by the international travel the most, and who are you taking? International travel the most. I believe Miami is on East Coast time, which means it's an hour closer than Kansas City, but doesn't necessarily mean an hour is going to help Miami. I believe Kansas City probably will benefit from being in Germany. And I just, I, I feel that way. I don't, I love Miami. I love the explosiveness. I like what they do. Jalen Wilder was banged up a week ago, but I feel like Kansas City needs to redeem themselves from the Denver Broncos debacle. And Patrick Mahomes and company certainly doesn't want to hear, uh, you know, the narrative about Eric Bieniemy not being there as their coach. What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? What's wrong with the receivers? They want to erase that, and this is the perfect time to do it against Miami. Thursday night football is tonight. Titans versus Steelers. Tonight, rookie QB Will Levis will make his second start. Do you see him having a repeat performance from last week, or will the Steelers have an answer for the rookie? The fact that I even have to sit up here and have a conversation about Tennessee in Pittsburgh is mind-boggling and funny to me. But when I look at Will Levis at the quarterback position, I thought that he was a decent quarterback at Kentucky. He certainly you know, burst onto the scene last week. But one would say, hey, they were auditioning some of those guys for an opportunity to see if they could get some trade partners. So they specifically made sure that DeAndre Hopkins would get the football and showcase his skill set. There, no, there was no real dialogue with any teams to move him, so he's still stuck in Tennessee. Is Will Levis the answer at the quarterback position for Tennessee, I believe so. I believe he's better than Ryan Tannehill. I believe he's, he's going to give them an opportunity to figure out how to get back in, it, in this thing, in the division, as Jacksonville continues to put a stranglehold on it. I like Will Levis in this one. All right, let's head into some college football action. Your USC Trojans face the number five Washington Huskies. Two of the top QB prospects in Caleb Williams and Michael Penix Jr. face off this weekend. Will your USC Trojans ruin Washington's CFB playoff hopes? Oh, man. You had to put it that way. So I want to know for myself, are we capable of even stepping on the same field as Washington right now and competing? Because when I look at the Notre Dame game or I look at the Stanford game or I look at any of the games that SC has played this year, in particular the last game against Utah, I got to scratch my head several times to wonder what are we getting ready to do to ourselves? Are we getting ready to allow Washington to rep, just run shop on us to a point of no return? Are we actually going to fight? Are we actually going to show up and play defense? Is our quarterback finally going to be the guy that won the Heisman a year ago? Are our receivers going to step up? I believe they are because they have pride as homecoming weekend for us. And we still have an opportunity to play in a Pac-12 championship. Not that it means all that much anymore, but at least we get a nice postseason bid if we take care of business. If we lose to Washington, we'll all be headed to, like, the Sun Bowl to hang out, and that's not what we want. So I'm giving my Trojans a nice chance to win this one. Keyshawn, you were at the UCLA-Colorado game this past weekend. A few Colorado players had their jewelry stolen in the middle of the game. 
My question for you is... I didn't what, steal it. <laughs> <laughs> what did a Keyshawn Johnson travel kit look like for road games? And were you iced out like that? Now, are, are you asking me if I was iced out in college or iced out just in general? Well, let's go in general. Let's go in general. I would say that I had a few pieces, but nothing to the extreme that I felt like somebody was going to steal something out of my locker. On top of that, we had a different setup. Our equipment managers had a bin with those money pouches that you get from the banks. And each player had one, so you would put your valuables in it, they zip it up, and they throw it into the chest with the locks on it. So you were a little more secured. I didn't wear drip like that. I had an earring in my ear. I might have had a Rolex on or something like that, but I wasn't wearing 10,000 chains. And No, I didn't. No, nah, I was pretty plain. Expensive plain, though. Thanks for joining me today, listening to me spit facts about my NFL career in the current football world. Stay locked in at all times with me, because you know I'll be back.